Hello, I'd like to welcome Paul Cody, who is a CEO, and Steve Mingle, who is the Managing Director of Council Financial. Uh, welcome both of you to the podcast. Thank you, hey, thank you. Happy to be here. So Paul, uh, just to get started, can you kind of give a brief introduction of Council Financial? Sure. So Council Financial is, you know, we are a commercial lender. Uh, basically what that means is, you know, we provide working capital and other types of lending products to law firms around the country. We're not a bank, so we're not regulated, which gives us a lot more flexibility in terms of the types of product offerings uh, that we can uh, focus on. We were founded by attorneys for attorneys. We are, you know, focused almost exclusively, actually exclusively on the plaintiff's bar. So we only lend to one type of borrower and that are, that is plaintiff firms. And we've lent to law firms you know, all around the country. I think we've provided loans, close to $2 billion in loans over our history to law firms and I believe 30 different states over that period of time. Uh, you know, we're really uh, much more flexible of a company than, than some who may have dealt with us in the past, have quite a few different product offerings today we can do in terms of sizing, the type of structure, et cetera, of the deal. A couple of things to mention that we're proud of. Uh, we're exclusively endorsed by a couple of the large trade associations in the country, the American Association of Justice, AHA, uh, not just endorses us, but exclusively endorses Council Financial as their, you know, their lender of choice. Uh, same thing with the uh, National Trial Lawyers Association. So those were not just simply marketing arrangements. Those are arrangements that we have with those organizations from our long history, you know, that included vetting us, vetting uh, our, how we work with our clients, et cetera. So, um, you know, proud of our history. I feel like we've got a really strong team. Uh, Steve Mangle, who's, uh, who's with us, our managing director, hands, heads up all of the business development, uh, you know, has his hands in just about any new opportunity. He's probably one of the guys that's better known in this industry than, than most. So, uh, yeah, proud of the team, proud of our, our history, and you know, happy to be here today. Well, great. That's a, that's a really good overview. Um, I, I leads me to a couple of questions right off the bat. So you're working most, mostly with plaintiff's attorneys or all the plaintiff's attorneys, uh, but with under that umbrella, there's quite a few different practice areas, everything from, you know, single event to multiple mass torts. Could you tell us, you know, why most uh, law firms come to you, you know, so obviously they're in need of some financial backing. What are some of the, what are some of the reasons that they need that financing and, and how does that process look? Sure. So typically firms that are coming to us have, you know, as you've mentioned, a plaintiff's practice that has another unique or expensive component, whether it's mass torts, class actions, you know, highly focused single event practice, high volume practice, where they're deploying marketing dollars. They have additional capital needs just outside of their day-to-day -day practice that cannot be met by traditional lenders. So that single event practice with a unique ability to deploy capital um, is what typically draws people towards our marketplace. Uh, we also do a lot of changing of the guard type transactions, succession plans, mergers and acquisitions of law firms. But, you know, sometimes it's just financing trial teams, you know, people that have very expensive trial dates on the calendar that want to know they're going to have the resources to see those through fruition. Um, and sometimes it's, it's pure growth. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, flexible working capital geared towards exclusively towards plaintiff practices. 
And their collateral would be their their book of business, correct? And since you are uh, a, a firm that's comprised of attorneys, you've got that unique ability to go in and assess the value of these cases. And then is that how you base what you're able to lend to them? Yeah, that's that's pretty much the the process for us, Eric. We uh, what really differentiates us from banks. So you know, everyone's of course going to be familiar with the traditional bank and. You know, the the problem that plaintiffs attorneys have with working with a traditional bank is that they just simply don't understand their business. So if you're working with a bank, they understand you know a couple of things. They understand really consistent streams of cash flows, so they can predict what the outcomes are going to be and how you repay their loan. That's not common for a, a plaintiffs attorney in in their practice. They also can understand an asset that is you know opined upon by some third party. So if you're a bank lending to a you know somebody who has a piece of real estate, you can have an appraisal done on that piece of real estate. If you're lending against you know receivables or inventory, you have a financial statement that is audited, and an auditor opines on what those values are. So they have a third party kind of independent way to be able to determine you know how creditworthy the borrower may be. You don't have any of that in this space, which is unfortunate and is really kind of the the niche that we filled when we first started in this industry 20 20 plus years ago. And and to your point earlier, that is exactly what we do. We have attorneys that work for us that have experience, either extensive experience as plaintiff's attorneys themselves, or even on the flip side of it, the insurance defense sides, the ones that are paying a lot of these claims. So we go in and we will work with a law firm. And while a bank may say, okay, you've got these cases that may generate, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions or tens of millions of dollars in fees, they'll look at that and say, for all intent and purposes, it's zero because they just don't understand that asset. That's what we're experts in. And that's, that's what we do. We've got the experience, the ability to go in, underwrite those assets determine what we think the value is. And that's a very interactive process with us and the law firm. And based on what that value is, we'll lend against that because, you know, to us, a fee on a contingent case, whether it's a you know, PI case, a group of them, a class action, a mass tort, et cetera, you know, is every bit as valuable and is as solid of an asset as a piece of real estate. And in many cases, they're, they're more valuable than that. So since we understand that asset, we can underwrite it, come up with values, and be able to provide financing against it. And and use Council Financial has been around for over twenty years. So this is you. This is kind of a space that you invented, or as you said, you filled a need here that just wasn't available before. Right. The the product was developed because banks simply cannot meet the needs of a growing plaintiff's practice, and having occupied the space for so long, you know, we've watched many different people come to the marketplace, we've watched it evolve, change and grow, and have also been able to evolve along with the marketplace to meet the you know ever-growing needs of plaintiff's firms. There's been a lot of different approaches over the years, and we've you know tried to be flexible to accommodate every request you know that we can. You know, we we kind of tout ourselves in having, you know, not only effective deployment of capital, but also effective repayment, you know, try not to bind ourselves to Rig, uh, rigid terms, um, but it, it's been you know it's been interesting watching the marketplace evolve over the last you know twenty years from from our perspective, and you know there's more interest in financing plaintiffs' firms now than you know ever before. 
Yeah, I, you know, I go to a lot of these conferences and, and it seems like there's a lot more lenders in the space. And, you know, admittedly, I don't know as much about this as, as you do. Can you kind of tell me what differentiates you from, from other lenders? Uh, is it, are, are we talking about little things that differentiate you? Or are there, are there other things that you do, whether it's on the service side or because you're, you've got a, a law firm specific product uh, that helps do that? Um, I'll take that one, Erica. This is Paul again. I, in, it, it's it's a combination of factors. Uh, you know, Steve alluded to it in his in his last comments. There is we as our clients have evolved, as the industry has evolved, so have we. And you know, if you, you know, I guess to listeners of this, if you had talked with Council Financial even three, four, five years ago, and came in and applied for a loan, we are a little bit more of a one trick pony. We could provide a working capital line of credit. There was a certain set of uh, requirements that we would need in terms of personal guarantees and life insurance. And, um, you know, even the rates were very common over that period of time, but we've had to evolve also as, you know, our borrowers as plaintiff law firms, you know, their needs have, have evolved. I think one part of that is that there's a lot more money in the space. So there is, you know, really wall street and, you know, wall street looks at it and says, you know, this is one area of the world that is undercapitalized, that they really haven't invested huge amounts of dollars. So they look at it and say it's uncorrelated with the economic conditions, which, you know, Wall Street lingo for something that they like, because if the economy does poorly, doesn't necessarily mean that a law firm's collateral, their cases are going to do poorly. They should do well. A law firm's case, they might get delayed. There might be other factors that are in there, but in an up economy or a down economy, the values of cases, generally speaking, can hold relatively consistent. Um, so a lot of Wall Street, a lot of money has come in, and those deals just feel very different than what councils kind of council can do. So, you know, not to be overly broad, but we can do just about anything at this point in time in terms of the structure and the type of deal. If somebody only wants to borrow um, money for a specific group of cases we can come up with a product that makes sense for that. If somebody wants just a working capital line of credit for their entire law firm to be able to cover any needs for the law firm, whether it's working capital, whether it's case costs, whether it's you know advertising, expansion, acquisition, whatever the need of the you know, the proceeds of a facility, we can accommodate that. If they are just completely adverse to signing a personal guarantee, you know, we get that. We used to only do loans that were personally guaranteed. Today, we can offer, you know, non-recourse or loans, you know, w without personal guarantees. So, you know, there's obviously in each of those scenarios is a different risk reward type of profile. So, of course, if you want a loan that's only against some of your portfolio and it's not personally guaranteed, the cost there is going to be more expensive than some a loan against all of your inventory, you know, with a personal guarantee. But we can do really any of those different scenarios. What you see in the new money that's come into the space is it's it's more what a hedge fund would do. And you know, typically in a hedge fund transaction, they would say, okay, you've got an asset that's worth worth X. I want to cut you a big check against that X. And even if that means I'm giving you money that's going to sit in your bank account and accruing interest, I still I'm not set up, you know, they're not set up like a bank or like a you know, a true commercial lender where you can borrow and pay down against the line. You just get lump sum checks. You have to give them lots of notice if, if you don't take it all at first and you break it out into multiple pieces, you have to give them lots of the notice before you take a draw. 
ours in the facility with Council Financial, we can kind of give you a little bit of the best of both worlds. We can do much, much larger deals. We've done deals that are $100 million or more, and we've done deals as small as $250,000, And some of these larger transactions that we'll do, we'll, they'll feel very much like a working capital line. They can borrow just as they need it. They don't have to, we don't force them to borrow more money more quickly. Uh, and it can still feel very much like a working capital line of credit. Uh, but it can still be large and it can still have the different features or elements that are that are of interest to people today. So, I mean, really, it's you know what we encourage people to do is if they have a financial need that really they should talk to us. People like Steve um, and some of the other people in our team, you know, myself, as well as you know our team who speaks to attorneys all day long, every day. You know, a lot of what we do, we feel is, is consultative. It's not just simply I need to borrow money. Uh, you know, can I, can you guys provide the money to me and what interest rate it's going to be? There's a lot of different things that people will come to us about, you know, if, if they're thinking about succession planning, as Steve mentioned a couple of these earlier, if they're thinking about succession planning, if they're thinking about an acquisition, if they have, you know, a mass tort that they're interested in, they're looking at, you know, new mass torts, who should I advertise with? You know, all of those things, because we've been in the industry for such a long period of time, I think we really bring a unique perspective and some real value to our clients beyond just simply dollars. And, you know, and even in the process, even if you don't end up being a borrower of ours, if there's a need and you're trying to explore the, the different avenues, you know, we encourage people to talk to us, help us to kind of walk through that process with you, help us, we'll help you think through that process. And, you know, at the end of the day, if the need is there and if the fit is right, you know, certainly we're in the business of, of providing money and that's what we do. Uh, but we spend an awful lot of time cultivating relationships. You know, maybe someone we're talking to today is not a client tomorrow, but maybe they are six months or a year from now. It's, it's not a quick sales cycle for us. It's really relationship building and helping people solve needs. Um, you know, and a component of that, of course, is financing, but, you know, it's a much broader picture that we like to focus on. Yeah, this sounds like a, a real partnership and your interests are 100% aligned with theirs, because if you're going to be doing the, the money lending, whether they're doing it for advertising or a succession plan, your their success is tied to, to your success. So if I, if I were to give you a quick scenario, let, let's just say that a successful single event law firm uh, is really starting to grow rapidly and now they want to jump into mass torts. So, you know, they've got a nice book of business and they're looking for a loan, let's just say a, a million dollars. Can you kind of walk through just how that process works to, to kind of get somebody's head wrapped around it? Because what I know about this, the, the little that I do know is, you know, this isn't something you apply for and you get approved for, you know, the next week. Can you kind of talk how you would you would go through that with a, a potential client? Sure, absolutely. And and to your first point, you know, you're absolutely right. We're in the business of shared success. You know, the the thing that we focus on, you know, in terms of these deal structures, is making sure it's a good long term fit. You know, a lot of firms get focused on the opportunity right in front of them or the trial coming up, but we model our lines, our loans out to make sure we're not only going to give them the resources they need today, but enough runway to move on to the next project, not only to get the project through resolution, but also distribution of settlement proceeds. So, you know, we, we always enforce that we want to be a great long-term resource for our customers. And it truly is, you know, a business of shared success. Um, as far as a plaintiff's firm, you know, there's a common story. Hey, I, I love 
you know, the new mass toward Elmiron or, you know, Paraquat or something that I'd, I'd want to get into. I've got a solid book of business. How do we put together more capital to add some diversity to the practice, how to jump into this mass tour. You know, it's conversational, right? A lot of this is exploring opportunities with people. Most every plaintiff's practice has, you know, what feels like infinite opportunities, but they know where their focus is. And, you know, what we do is usually start with the existing book of business. You know, you've got the bread and butter practice, do a review of that collateral, you know, which would stand as the supporting collateral for the loan and say, okay, your firm does, you know, X revenues, annually, you have so many cases, you know, here's what we could likely put together. Once you deploy that money and you acquire some cases and we, you know, establish a value there, unlike a traditional bank or other lenders, we're going to have the ability to continue to grow with you, to ratchet up. You know, we're a great resource for firms looking to get into mass towards and new projects because our model being inventory based, you're never going to outgrow us. We're always going to be there to continue to grow. And we have borrowers that we've taken, you know, from 400 cases, a single event practice, you know, inside of two years looks like, you know, 4,400 cases. Um, so we, we've been able to help many firms just grow exponentially over the years. Yeah, it seems like a, a perfect fit for in a in this type of environment where, you know, your investment you know, and not to, to over-exaggerate it, but your investment into a mass tort or even a really good PI case, you know, could be 510x. So if you can borrow against what you currently have, as opposed to just using the capital you have on hand, by going through a company like yours, they can leverage, you know, your capital to get more cases. And in, in the mass tort world, you know, things get somewhat automated. So, you know, the the work to take on 50 cases isn't that much less than the take on 200 cases. And, you know, by using your capital, uh, they can go from maybe acquiring 50 to 200. So is that kind of the conversation that that comes up a lot is they really like a litigation and, and they say, God, we really have kind of fallen in love with this litigation. It's it's perfect for our, for our team. How many of these can we get? Is that is that typically uh, is that a I'd say a typical conversation? Yeah, I'll tell you, um, it's it's that's a very common conversation that we have. Uh, one of the things we talk a lot about internally is that in this industry for plaintiff law, they have a unique ability to deploy capital and make a an outsized return. So you know whether that means it's a mass tort where you're investing, you know, that dollar to generate, you know, two, three, four, you know, $10 in terms of the ultimate return that you will get from the fees generated from the cases that you originate, or, you know, the very similar for putting money into advertising on a high volume uh, pre-settle or high volume, low value cases, you know, this, the, those firms that have a significant hundreds, sometimes thousands of cases that are in there. They're very good at being able to utilize funds to be able to generate cases, which of course generates, you know, a result for their plaintiff and, and fees for the law firm. So, you know, we're more expensive counsel, you know, we're not a bank. The reason that we're more expensive than a traditional bank is, as you know, banks take deposits. What they do is they use those deposits, which right now, look at your, everyone look at their bank's account, bank accounts, you're making zero to maybe one, tenth of 1%, maybe a quarter of a percent interest on the money that you have in your bank. Well, the banks are turning around 
and they're deploying that money by providing loans to people. Where council, we have to have lenders to us. You know, we have banks and um, you know some high net worth individuals and others that are investors in our business, which we turn around and lend out. Our spread, you know, the difference between what our cost of funds are and what we charge is similar to what a bank would be doing. It's just our cost of funds are higher because banks don't, you know, don't have, you know, they're not in this business. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, the cost is higher, but what you gain is significantly more access to capital. It's not uncommon for us to see, you know, to take out one of the first use of proceeds often from our borrowers is paying off a line of credit with the bank. It's not uncommon for us to see, you know, three to five times uh, more in terms of capacity that we can provide. So meaning somebody who has a half a million or say a million dollar line of credit with a bank, there's a fairly good chance we'll be able to provide them three to $5 million in access to capital. And, you know, even though the cost of funds is higher than what the bank is, it's just that huge incremental opportunity cost for them. So if you have another $2 million to deploy and bring in that many more cases, even though the rate will be higher than bank rates, you know, you're returning, hopefully, if you're if you're smart about how you utilize the funds, multiples of the amount of money that you're borrowing by going out and aggregating new cases, or maybe you know, it's not just advertising, right? The same can be applied if you're talking about case costs. There's firms that have we talk to all the time that are really heavy litigators. You know, they spend you know, truly are you know true litigators that spend most of their time in uh, you know in court. And the way that it works in court, as you know, you well know, is it's it's a whole production these days. It's not you simply you know prepare your briefs and you go in and you argue it. You're expected to put on a whole show. You have to have accident reconstruction, life care plan, all the different expert witnesses, all the cost associated with that. You know, as a rule of thumb, it's not uncommon to see the cost to litigate a significant case to be as much as five or ten percent of the ultimate result. So, on a million dollar potential case, it may cost you fifty to hundred thousand dollars to prep for trial for that case. So if you if you don't have the funds to cover it yourself, you may end up bringing in another co-counselor to fund it with you. And they may, in order to do that, it may give up half of your fees. That's a heck of a lot more expensive than being able to finance it, even at an incrementally higher interest rate. So, you know, as we talk to, and I think more and more law firms, because we've been around for so long and because there is more, you know, more money in the space, I think they're they're really understanding better and better how to utilize capital to grow their business. And, you know, and it's really unique here. There is an ability to take that money in and use it in a number of different ways and generate really significant returns. And that's, um, I wouldn't say it's only, you know, unique only to the plaintiff's law, but it's, you know, it's certainly very prevalent in the space. Yeah. One of the other things I looked at, uh, you know, when, looking into your company was the post-settlement financing. And you had a, look, I a case study on there that showed how you reduce costs uh, in, in one of those. And the, the numbers were really significant. Can you explain how that works? Sure. You know, so settled case financing or post-settlement funding is a product we created to address the needs of firms who have finally settled the case and are just waiting to receive yeah, proceeds. And, you know, we, I think we started doing it 2007 or 2008. Uh, locally here, people had settled cases against the New York State 
you know, involving the New York State Liquidations Bureau that often could take 12, 18 months to pay out, but we knew ultimately would pay out. And it evolved quickly into a great resource for mass tort lawyers and lawyers in class actions and other torts that have, you know, significant time frame between settlement and distribution of proceeds and receipt of fees. And as that product has continued to evolve and, you know, people are gained more comfort uh, with that m- marketplace, we're able to take expensive, you know, one-off non-recourse type deals that people may be involved in and bring in cheaper cost of capital because the, the case has gone from, you know, truly contingent in nature to, okay, this is settled. We know that, you know, your firm is receiving at least, you know, X amount of dollars for certain. Here's an estimated time frame. It's easier to put uh, more reasonably cost financing behind those transactions. Yeah, the the history that you guys have in this industry, being attorneys that work with attorneys over a twenty year track record, um, is pretty impressive. You know, the exclusive, uh, you know, uh, the exclusive agreements or the uh, AHA and NTL. Yeah, those things. You know, I, I think anybody who's considering this, uh, it'd be it'd be a good idea just for them to talk to you, whether they're thinking about getting financing now or in the future, which is, as I understand it is, is really, if you're even considering it, probably having the conversation earlier than later uh, makes sense. We always tell people in marketing, you know, if, if someone's not doing well, they don't have the money to do marketing. And when they're doing really well, they don't feel like they need to do marketing it sounds like in your business, it's it's very similar. It's you don't want to wait to the last second. It's really probably better just to create that relationship in advance, and then kind of see things as they're coming down the pike. As all right, now we might now we might need to move in and get some funding for whether it's marketing or or a uh, post settlement uh, type of situation. Yeah, I mean, and that's a good point. Um, you know, it, it takes a little time. I mean, you know, we can move very quickly, and you know, we have spoken with a firm and had a loan done inside of two weeks. Um, but often it takes longer, and most of that is just we have to do some underwriting in the cases. The firm has to put together some materials, no different than you would put together for a bank, historical tax returns, and you know, some information about your inventory of cases, things along those lines to allow us to do the due diligence we need to do. So if, if you wait to the point and it happens where we'll have a law firm who comes to us and says, listen, I can't make payroll, you know, two weeks from today, well, then everybody's kind of under the gun to get something done. And, you know, it, it can be more difficult to, to meet those deadlines. And it's a little bit of a concern if, you know, cause at the end of the day, we want you know, to, to help firms with financial management, but, um, you know, part of this process, and I think a, a lot of the firms that we work with really appreciate a couple of things. They tell our underwriting attorneys all the time that as they go through the process and evaluate their cases, not a lot of firms take a step back and kind of value your law firm as an independent business. And that valuation is really about what your cases are worth. And so we help them go through that process and really put a valuation on their, on their firm. Same thing from a financial perspective is we want to kind of budget out what's it going to look like over the next couple of years? How much is it going to cost to run your firm? How much are you going to need for case costs? You know, wh- where do you expect the timing of receipts of your of your fees to come in? So that whole process is, you know, one can be very educational uh, and helpful to law firms. We hear that all the time. 
Um, but it takes a little bit of time to, to run through it. So you're right. When, you know, when time is um, on your side, it makes for a smoother process. It allows us to kind of navigate through and make sure that we're meeting their needs. If people come to us under the gun, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it can be a little more cumbersome and, you know, and we want to make sure if we can help a firm, we want to be able to do what we can do for them very quickly. And conversely, if there's a scenario where we don't think we're going to be able to provide a loan, we want to tell that to a law firm as quickly as possible as well, because we don't want anybody to waste time. So the more, the more lead time that you have, you know, the better it is. It's, it's always, you know, at the end of the day, it's just simply about, you know, good planning and kind of, um, you know, focus on your business. This process really helps you, you know, take a look at that really helps you put together a budget and think about things more than just short term, which, you know, is really critical for any business. And I think, you know, in some firms, not all, I think firms in general are getting better at that, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's not uncommon to maybe not think too far past the next case. And you know, that kind of thinking is, is critical. And we can be helpful there. Well, in, in closing, um, I'll, I'll ask you in a second if there's if there's anything else you want to share, but I know you guys are very supportive of all the legal conferences. Um, you know, I'll post, put your website and, and contact information uh, in the notes for this podcast so anybody wants to reach out. But is there is there anything that you'd like to to share before we close out here or uh, information that that we didn't cover? Nothing. Uh, you know, I think we covered a lot of ground today. Uh, just reiterating a little bit about what we said earlier is if, if there's a need, if you think there's a need coming down the pike, or if you're just evaluating options, uh, call us, you know, I strongly encourage hop on the phone myself with Steve or some of the people on Steve's team um, about what your options are. And you know, I think we can be helpful there. It's, it's really helpful to do your own due diligence, your, your own, you know, to be thoughtful about the process and really to, to put some planning together and, you know, we're doesn't cost anything. We're we're happy to kind of run through that process with people and you know share some of what we've learned over the last couple of decades, which you know we think will be helpful for most. So give us a call. Well, thanks, Paul, Steve. I uh, really appreciate your time here, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to each other soon.